Oh yeah. Canceled too soon. A podcast. Podcast. About TV. Television shows. That were. That were very, very short. Canceled too soon. One season or less. Oh yeah. This week on Canceled Too Soon. Doubt. Yes. Doubt. I doubt it succeeded. It, it's on our show, so so no. No, it did not. Doubt. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cancel Too Soon, the podcast where we review television series that lasted one season or less. My name is William Bibiani. I'm a film critic for Crave Online and Blumhouse.com. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Hey, guys. I'm Whitney. It's, uh, it's funny because he has less energy. Than I'm, I'm Whitney Seibold. Well, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the mellow half. <laughs> I'm, I'm the teller, I suppose. My name is Whitney Seibold. I'm a film critic of some stripe. I also write for uh, Crave Online and Blumhouse.com and Nerdist. And uh, I am also the co-host of the B-Movies podcast. From, from whence, whence we, we hail. hail. Uh, this week on Cancelled Too Soon, we're going to be doing our most recently cancelled show ever. Um, it, well, it, we, we've, we've been accumulating a few of those as we go. Because we did The Muppets uh, shortly after it was canceled. Not right after, though. This was no. pretty quick, I think. And uh, we did... I, I think that, well, actually, I think it had been canceled, but it had been off the air for a bit already. Yes. So that, like the, f- the timeline's a little hazy. Uh, and we also did a TV series called Guilt, which I kept confusing this show with. <laughs> yes, which we'll talk about why that is. Uh, which was a, a freeform... Uh, crime soap opera thing with Billy Zane and uh, other actors uh, and, as well. and other actors as well about a murder in England. <laughs> and, uh, but, but that one, is... that one I think had like, it had run a full season, however. Yeah. This, uh, this one, this one only lasted two episodes. Uh, and yeah, also say, say that again, this one lasted only two episodes Here's the weird before thing. getting the can. So we started this series in late April of 2016. The, the regular television mm-hmm. season, was long since kaput, and I was looking forward to seeing like how this new TV season played out, because usually what happens is stuff t- gets canceled pretty quickly. Yeah. You get a couple things get weeded out in October or November, and then we'd have a lot of material to play with. This was the first series canceled this new season. That's how badly this series was doing, and how well <laughs> everything else was doing. It's been weirdly successful. Mm. Um, People, so- just don't leave the house. Just keep on watching TV forever, it's not, and everything will be successful. It's not doing well, but before we talk about that, we want to make a couple uh, uh, reminders and one quick sort of update mm. on some things we talked about last week on Cancel because, Too Soon. Because this show is about to get way more awesome. I think so. That's the plan, anyway. Um, We've got some cool things cooking. uh, A couple of Mm. updates, a couple of upgrades, if you will. Um, We're also uh, going to be doing a a, a Patreon uh, subscription service. Uh, We're going to have different tiers, uh, and at various tiers, uh, you know, a small amount of money, you'll get a couple of bonuses. A little more, you get more bonuses. You should ramp up to that a little bit. We're doing a Patreon. Okay. We're doing a Patreon, and you, dear listener can subscribe for awesome stuff. You're right. I wasn't selling we it. Gotta sell it. I apologize. <laughs> We're gonna, start, it was very matter of fact about well, that. We really, this is important. This is important. And we, this is the first time we've ever done anything like this. And we really, really want to make sure that we offer you the best possible stuff. Now we have a lot of cool stuff uh, uh, planned, a lot of neat ideas, but we really want to hear from you. So if you have something that you would like, that you would spend money on, on like a monthly subscription basis, mm. 
um, that maybe we've thought of, maybe we haven't thought of, whatever. We don't want to miss anything cool. Uh, we want you to email us. Our email is bmoviespodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. The plan is to launch that um, probably like the first week in May. So there's lots of time until then, but only like, you know, so much time. So there's mm. lots of time, but no time at all. The other cool thing we're doing. Just like everything in life. Right? Our one-year anniversary is also coming up. Happy anniversary, Not William. Yet. Stop that. You're jinxing it. <laughs> our show is called Cancel I'm... Too Soon. What if we get canceled? Shut up. Well, it's our show. <laughs> you, you know who cancels this show? You and I do. Well, then stop we, tempting we, me. We are not be- <laughs> we are not beholden to corporate interests. Stop tempting me. <laughs> um, we're going to be doing a, a year-end award show. Uh, mm-hmm. At the end of this first year, the last episode in April, mm-hmm. and we are you know be, for funsies for funsies. We're going to look back at some of the cool stuff we've done. You know, one more opportunity to talk about weird shows. Mm-hmm. You know, one more opportunity to talk about perversions of science and Buczynski and Manimal mm-hmm. and Lookwell and the One July's Blackjack Savage and Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars and Chuck Norris Karate Commandos, all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, and it's going to give us an opportunity to pit them against each other in a in a fight. So we're going to have you know best show because everyone show, loves fighting. Biggest cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Best. Uh, oh, uh, I know the biggest cliffhanger already. Oh yeah, the, the, <laughs> the best uh, uh, musical theme. You know, all the f- be- weirdest guest stars. Mm. We're gonna do some fun stuff, but we want you to contribute to one of those. Uh, we want you to send us your votes mm. for the best canceled too soon episode ever, mm. uh, or at least for the first year. And the, the uh, ones that intrigued you the most, the ones that made you giggle the most, the ones that. We seem to have the most to say about whatever yeah. standard you want to apply to it. Think, think of it this way: what 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 episodes would you like to see more of? Like more like this, because we'll listen to you, we'll pay attention, we'll be like, oh, people really really liked when we did Hot Springs Hotel. Okay, more sleaze. You'll get more sleaze. You know, it'll be great. But we'll still. That said, we'll still just throw in things we want to do for the heck of it. We'll keep it very, we'll keep it diverse. We'll keep yeah. trying to discover new things and cover a bunch of old classics. But you know, we can still veer in certain directions. Um, so, if you want to email us with that, give us your top three, rank them one, two, three. We'll give three points to your number one, two points to number two, etc. And we'll tally them all up and we'll reveal it in our big awards episode. You can send that in again. The email is bmoviespodcast, all one word at gmail.com. Uh, but we have decided we're going to update that a bit. We're going to give you a little bit more incentive. Uh, everyone who sends in their votes, everyone, their name will be put into a hat mm-hmm. and uh, we will pluck one name out. We'll do it on video so you can you can see that we were being honest. Uh, and uh, you'll <laughs> Because get to... doing it on video is a sure way to prove that we're being honest. Sh- shut up. Stop, pull- stop seeding <laughs> this episode. Stop seeding <laughs> this show. <Doubt>. <laughs> Don't yes. ruin it. God, it's like it's like mentioning the Scottish play in a theater. What are, yeah. It's bad luck. <laughs> um, mm. Seriously, though, we want to. We, mm. so someone will be selected who sends in their votes for best episode uh, to select a feature episode of the show, and That's we'll right. have to do it as long as it fits our rules, and we can find it. Oh, we may have it already because so yeah. many of so many of you, dear listeners, have given us so much damn stuff. It's been so great. <laughs> we also still have our Amazon wish list, which is available mm. if you don't want to submit to Patreon, you don't want to like have it on a monthly thing, but you do want to help out. Mm. You can contribute to show through our Amazon wish list. The link is on mm. uh, our Twitter account at Cancelcast. All and, right. Uh, uh, yeah. Am I forgetting anything? Can we move on? Uh, we still have other ideas, but we'll share them later when they are a little bit more congealed into something more cheesy. Again, we got some cool stuff coming, so Mm. please stick around. But for now, let's talk about doubt. Coming soon to CBS. We meet people in their darkest hours and fight for them. It may not always be easy, but at least we can sleep knowing that. 
Come on, say it with me. We, we stood, stood by, by someone accused so that he or she would not have to stand alone. All right. 24 years ago, Amy Myers was murdered. There is no evidence. Well, it's been 24 years. Exactly. So it's fun watching you flail around in a courtroom. I like that you fight. I fight because most people don't or won't. They just want to take the plea. Did you tell them that going to trial was risky? Did you use that scary voice you have? I love me. I was just studying for the bar. Good man. Objection. Assuming facts not in evidence? Nice try. Maybe I should move back to Iowa. I don't know if I'm cut out for this. The fact that you're having these feelings means you're good at your job. The minute you stop having these feelings is when you need to go back to the farm. Not everyone from Iowa lives on a farm. I'm going to use my scary voice and get him to take the plea. Do it once right now. No. Just a little. I'm not doing the voice. There it is. The new drama, Doubt, coming soon to CBS. Doubt. Okay, so <laughs> Doubt is not, a series. Not based on the film. Uh, no, so much to much to my chagrin. It wouldn't have been great <laughs> to have seen an entire show about nuns who aren't sure whether or not their preacher is, is involved in sex crimes. That's uh, a show. Uh, that, that's, that's a hell of a show. That's a, that's that's a an, dark uh, HBO. I was about to say that's a, that's an HBO series in the making. No, oh, holy crap! Doubt, uh, one of the most blandly titled TV programs we've done on Cancel Too Soon, or I think I've ever seen. Uh, or guilt. Or, uh, yeah, guilt <laughs> is the other, other one because I kept mixing them up just because they both have bland, boring, single syllable words. Yeah, uh, is a legal thriller with Catherine Heigl from the makers of Grey's Anatomy, also well, with Catherine Heigl. Some of the makers of Grey's. Some Anatomy. of them. Well, it's that, it, that's sort of the pedigree where it comes from. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Doubt uh, was created by Tony Phelan and Joan Rader. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are uh, co-writers. They're married, mm-hmm. uh, incidentally. And together they worked on the show Grey's Anatomy, uh, the show Madam Secretary, and also a show we're going to get to at some point on Cancel Too Soon, Law & Order Trial by Jury. Yeah, we'll definitely get to Trial by Jury at some point soon. Uh, um, a, a series I've, I actually watched. <laughs> what, are the, what are the odds? It's always fun when that happens. Uh, Doubt aired on CBS from February 15th, 2017. Till the next to February week. February <laughs> Two whole episodes. Of uh, doubt, and and it was only axed because ratings weren't high enough. That is, and I'm guessing because it cost too much to make. Because well, it's this a is big ensemble cast. It's a it's... big slick production. Catherine Heigl's the star, and she's still commanding a pretty reasonable salary. I, I imagine. imagine she's not you know, working uh, for peanuts. And the big star get on the show was Elliot Gould. It's like he's 78 years old. Uh-huh. He's still got a lot of vitality. He's still he- great in front of a camera. Hella spry, that guy. Like, again, you know, a lot of television series. You know, you get like young, attractive, pretty mm. people, and yeah. then you get the really classy actor, yeah. the one who really, who the, really brings a lot of dignity and, and star power as, and awards. Like he just brings like his various awards to set as, and li- as Linda everybody. as Linda Hunt is to Space Rangers. So too <laughs> so, Elliot. So Gould. Elliot Gould is to Doubt. Yeah. Now Doubt is again. There's no shortage of legal stories on television, and honestly, we, we haven't really done too many of them other than Guilt. Um, there's this sort of episodic legal show mm. that we're going to see more and more of as we go on this series. Law and we'll Order. Law and Order. We'll yeah. probably do Conviction at some point in the near future as well. That one also got canceled this season. Um, where there's just like a case of the week. Yeah. And it's effective. And there's a reason why certain occupations get television series made for them more than various other occupations. Cops, Do- doctors, cops, and lawyers. Doctors, yeah. cops, and lawyers. Why? Their jobs are interesting every day. Like, every one of those people, everyone who has those jobs 
potentially has a really interesting day and mm. no two days are alike. Well, and, so and there's always plenty of material. There, there's just a lot of human drama in those stories. Yeah. Like there, there's a series about firemen, for instance, but being a fireman doesn't necessarily have a human drama because you just see people in crisis. Mm-hmm. A legal dr- thriller, a law has been broken in some sort of way and there's a defendant and there's a, mm. a, a prosecutor. Yeah. And, uh, and there's questions there's, about guilt yeah. and innocence and there's Who's different telling, clues to be uncovered. Because the American American criminal justice system is about creating a system where lies are not allowed. They kind of have to essentially scientifically find the truth. Mm-hmm. And uh, that is inherently built for drama. So hence there are a lot of lawyer shows. However, most lawyer shows, at least from the law and order mold, are about prosecutors but the prosecuting attorneys and the DAs. This is about defense attorneys. Yeah. Now, that even, that is also not uh, uh, unique. Alan no. Beal was about that. The practice and, was and, about that. And uh, Perry Mason, for goodness sake. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but mm. it's, it's a series about people who are mm. trying to give everyone the best possible defense. And where doubt gets its title, and I guess this is the fundamental idea behind doubt, and we'll talk about how it completely mm. airballed this, Um. Is in the, the two episodes we saw. In just two episodes, you can tell they just didn't have it. Mm. Um, the idea is that these people have to defend people who may have done reprehensible things. Mm. And there comes with that not only doubt about you know the morality of these actions, mm. doubt about their own morality and ethics for helping these people, um, but also just... Uh, Doubt about whether or not they should be doing this job. Yeah. Like, there's. The I don't know why they didn't call it reasonable doubt, but because uh, that, that's clearly what they're going for. It's unreasonable the, doubt. Unreason- there's a title. Unreasonable doubt. So, again, we sound like the executives in the majestic, <laughs> and then the dog clears them of murder. Um, Rot realty. <laughs> Sorry, I'm sorry. Okay, okay, I'm sorry right now. Can you imagine like a billboard like over like the 405 freeway in Los Angeles with Katherine Heigl and a dog in a business suit, and the dog is like a dialogue bu- bubble, and that's the title of the show. Rot realty. Rot realty. <laughs> Given the way Katherine Heigl's career is going, it's not long. It's not great. Okay, so Katherine Heigl stars in this series, she's, and she, I'm she, guessing she's also the main reason it failed. Uh, there is a weird anti Catherine Heigl sentiment in the world because evidently she's, uh, from what I hear, mm-hmm. she's difficult to work with. The, that's the whisper heard most often, yeah. and uh, I've I've heard it from people in the know. Mm-hmm. I've also heard some people say, "Oh, that's greatly exaggerated," but you know, these people develop a reputation. But regardless of that. Mm-hmm. People liked Catherine Heigl on Grey's Anatomy. That's kind of her big deal. Now, she was also had a career long before Grey's Anatomy. She was on Roswell. Mm. She was uh, Steven Seagal's niece in Under Siege 2 Dark Territory. She was in that... Big, big role, that. <laughs> she was in that horrifying movie, My Father the Hero, in which she was Gerard Depardieu's daughter, but she told everyone at a resort community that she was also having sex with him. I didn't see that one. That movie is... I need to disgusting. now. Disgusting. <laughs> that movie great. is rep- is like, wow. One of the most wrong-headed was comedies it, I've ever seen. Was it like to make him seem more virile and help him in the dating scene or no, something? No, no, it was or? entirely to help her. Okay, so, okay, let's let's go off on this tangent, shall we? Oh, please, please do. My Father the Hero stars Gerard Depardieu mm. as a divorced dad, uh, and he gets his daughter for the summer. Uh, for like a custody thing and she goes takes her off to a nice sort of beachfront resort hotel type community Mm -hmm. Uh, and she falls for a hot guy but she's 
really young, she's really inexperienced, and she thinks he won't be attracted to her as a young, inexperienced, you know, girl as opposed to woman. Right. So she says that she, uh, the, her, the guy who she says is her dad is actually her lover. Now, for a significant yeah. amount of the film, Gerard Depardieu doesn't know this story. Yeah. So he's out there being completely innocent, doing things like getting on the like the ho- the piano at the hotel, playing. Uh, Thank heaven for little oh, girls. Geez. And everyone's looking at him like, what a repulsive monster. <laughs> and then about halfway through the movie, she tells him. Aww. And he decides, well, I don't want to disappoint let's, my daughter. Let's continue, continue with the strange. Okay. Oh, my God. That, that's that's really, you know what? That's just European, I think. Yeah, it's not European, though. It's, <laughs> it's an American film. Uh, like, you probably could have gotten away with that. If, in fact, I think it actually might even be a remake. It, it, like, I was about to say, that sounds like a Dutch film. <laughs> it's, because it's really, really those gross. Dutch people, my goodness. Yeah. But yeah, Catherine Heigl, she was in Brad and Chucky. Mm. You know, she, she's, she's had a long, storied career. But lately, she just hasn't, like, mm. ever since, like, Knocked Up and ever since she left Grey's Anatomy, she's kind of struggled to find mm. the right material. And I can see why, because although she has... A certain moxie, moxie. You know, she, she's she's obviously comfortable in front of the camera. Mm. She knows what she's doing. She's very professional. Um, she always seems a little suspiciously chipper, which is why I'm actually looking forward to that it's erotic forgettable. She's yeah, doing. <laughs> she's doing an erotic thriller called Unforgettable, where she plays someone who seems like she's really nice, but she's actually a maniac. And I'm just like, this well, might she, be her wheelhouse. She's, she's playing to her strengths in that point, oh, yeah, or well, at least she's, subverting what she everyone thinks of as her strengths. Because she, she, right now she's she has, like one step away from Lifetime original movie. Yeah, she she has sort of a, a she she still has a young featured face. She has kind mm-hmm. of cute features and high cheekbones, mm-hmm. but she's actually very strong and forthright as a performer yes. uh, which perhaps doesn't sit well with a lot of people they want her to be Julia Roberts and she wants to kick some ass you know, the sinister- I think she needs to find some cheapy dumb action franchise a la Underworld <laughs> I think that <laughs> she's not a so, something of- completely stupid but where she can look good and kick a lot of butt she, she, she's Danced around that, but she's never really gone serious with it. Mm. She did that, um, like a Hitman movie with Ashton Kutcher, Killers. Yeah, I um, didn't. See, I didn't see Killers. She did that. She did that uh, one where she became a bail bondswoman, uh, mm. one for the money, which is right, based on a popular right. series of novels. That movie is trash. That movie is <laughs> totally all over the place. The plot is just a mess. Um, there's a clever. Someone could have done something fun with that. Like that's probably a better pilot. For oh. a television series, um, so she's she's trying to find the right material. This feels like it was tailor made for her, although ironically, this, it was not. Uh, it was uh, no, indeed, it wasn't. Yeah, in fact, uh, this when this series was originally put together, it was going to star uh, Katie Strickland from Private Practice. Uh, she was also on mm. a series I'd like to get to at some point, but it completely vanished from all the streaming services. Uh, the Player with Wesley Snipes. Mm. Um, and it was going to also star along with her, Teddy Sears, a dash handsome, very charismatic actor from Masters of Sex and The Flash. Uh, but instead, Katie Strickland was replaced uh, with Katherine Heigl, and Teddy Sears was replaced with actor Stephen Pasquale from Rescue Me, Bloodline, and mm. The Good Wife. Uh, he plays Billy Brennan. And in the what was obviously going to be sort of the main mm. season long story it, arc. It, it was, yeah, it was the, the one. 
the one that was neither of the case of, cases of the week, the thing yeah. that was just sort of hanging over the, the There's a case thing. that's resolved every week, and then there was a case that was going to take a long time because it was a murder, uh, a murder case, and it involved, like, it took a, place a, many years before. Yeah, so, like, the, the evidence is all over the place, uh, and, uh, yeah, and she's defending but, this handsome man who mm-hmm. somehow has made her heart go pitter-pat, and now she's... <laughs> She's debating whether or not she should leave the case, and she should because immediately uh, oh, the whole thing is it, compromised. If, if she's dating him, and they even say, you know, this is wrong. This is a conflict of interest. We can't do this. But romance drama, we're gonna go ahead Second anyway. Second episode, uh, he kisses her, and I'm like, then get the fuck out. Like this yeah, is you've yeah. already ruined this. And uh, also in the second episode, he like admits to like maybe obfuscating a few things. So it, it mm-hmm. looks like he may be more guilty than he looks initially. Because mm-hmm. when you first see him, he's like golden boy. Clearly didn't do it. Yeah, he's he's a pediatric surgeon, mm. which is just like if there's a more saintly occupation, <laughs> find it because wow. like holy crap, like he, he's like yeah. everything he does in his work is nothing but good, and apparently he's an all star at it. Um, so he seems but perfect, he, but he's accused of murder. He's accused of murdering his uh, girlfriend. Yeah, many years before, and there's yeah. like new evidence that can prosecute him. And yeah. now Catherine Heigl's to defend him. Uh, meanwhile, among their wacky, not at all like Ally McBeal law office. Oh my god, there's so much like Ally McBeal. It's, th- this, this is like Ally McBeal lifted clean. This oh, show. no, it's not um, clean. Well, lifted, it's not clean. lifted kind it's of dirty. Good. Yeah, it's super dirty. It's not cool. But uh, there's there's a team of other lawyers. There's the, the young Iowa Hayseed, who is eager to prove to her mm. new boss, played by Laverne Cox, uh, that she can do things. And Laverne Cox... Uh, it takes place uh, uh, takes care of uh, oh. B stories. No, um, no, Laverne Cox is, isn't the Iowa Hayseed. No, she's the Iowa Hayseed's boss. I said. Oh, I my yeah. apologies. I want to make sure that was okay. clear. No, okay. no. Okay, yeah, uh, Laverne Cox. Laverne Cox is, uh, is an, a, an actress from Orange Is the New Black, a show I am wholly unfamiliar with. She also took over uh, the Frankenfurter role in the recent uh, yeah. remake of Rocky Horror Picture Show. She is also a trans woman playing a trans woman mm-hmm. in a network television series, which was a first. Uh, or in, doubt. As in, a regular character, first time that ever happened. Yeah. A, On a, doubt. A lead trans character played by a trans actress. And I've only ever seen her in bits and pieces. I didn't really watch Orange is the New Black. Mm. I know, I know, I should. Mm. Uh, but near as I can tell, she's a very, very talented performer. She has nothing to work with here. Her The first mm. episode of this show, and again, we'll talk a little bit more about this, the plots and everything and how they play out. My God, her first few scenes are just boring exposition yeah, yeah. dialogue. Not talking about not talking. I mean, uh, talking about her case in the most general terms possible. Mm. Just wow! What an well, obvious missed opportunity to the, give her something to work. In the second one, episode, one of, she has like a, a better case. Yeah. But. One of the big mm. problems with doubt is that it's not uh, written from the perspective of somebody who knows a lot about law. Uh, there have yeah. been there have been so many damn lawyer shows, and I found it kind of ironic that one of the lines of dialogue, I think it was in the second episode, where somebody said, "Well, you can do X defense," and somebody says, "Oh, you just watched a few episodes of Law and Order, and you think you're a lawyer now." Well, I feel the same way about the writers of this show Mm -hmm. they watch a lot of law and order and they think they know a lot about law so when they come when they're trying to come up with cases of the week they're not really interesting or unique we've seen weirder better cases on the myriad other law shows second episode's a second it's kind of a weird one um but i agree you're right and i think this is one of those shows you know you go to a lawyer show for two reasons Mm. either to see some like gritty 
real life true crime mm. kind of stuff. Like maybe it's not literally true, but mm. it but feels like, like it's pulled from the newspapers. But like Law and Order. <laughs> or you want to get something a little wackier or something weird or mm. something fun. Mm. And this show obviously wants to be both things because the tone of all of the character interactions is very light. Mm. It's very brightly lit. It's very colorful. Mm. It's very jokey. Lots I, of lots of lots of side characters I at the office who have yeah. no reason to be there. They're obviously incompetent, but they're funny. It takes place in New York, but uh, I think they shot it in LA. I don't I'm not exactly sure, mm. but uh, the main headquarters is this gigantic set. It looks like they blew a lot of money on building this gigantic <laughs> set because it's like all these extended long areas with a lot of glass hallways and a lot of people sort of charging around in these glass areas. And uh, yeah, that might be one, one of the just looking at that set might be one of the reasons why this show failed because. I've noticed that about a lot of recent shows that they have these gigantic, impressive sets and they're canceled really quickly because it probably cost a lot of money to make those things. Well, ideally, you only uh, have to make I'm, it once. I'm, think, I'm thinking of Almost Human here, where they had yeah. th- that's another show where they had this gigantic, enormous, wonderful, impressive glass set. And you but know even what? So, it, if, it, if you don't pull in big numbers right away to pay back that set, you, you can't keep it. Yeah, but again, though, you know, mm. it's it's a sort of thing where ideally you only have to spend the money once and then that pays no. off over the course of the series because you can shoot. Anything on that set. You can do entire episodes set only in that set. Mm. And that saves you money later down the road. But it is it is sort of implausibly big. Now, we find out that Elliot Gould, his character, runs this law firm. And mm. he's like Clarence Darrow. He's a famous defense attorney. Like, he defended the Black Panthers. Mm. Everyone sees him as a paragon of integrity. His and character is kind of a stock character, though. That well, well respected, but kind of wisecracking. Everybody fears him, but he's warm when you get to know him. Type of leader character. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've seen him well, in like a, like every lawyer and cop. This show. is kind of the problem. All of the characters are mm-hmm. kind of just one thing. Okay, yeah. So you have like the Iowa character played by Dreama Walker, an actor I really, really like. Uh, she was in that great movie Compliance mm-hmm. um, and a bunch of TV as well. A Good Wife, um, and she's from Iowa. That's what they got. Well, she's from Iowa, and she's self-conscious and, and, about it. And, and she has mouth diarrhea. She she chatters a lot. But she has mouth diarrhea because she's from Iowa. And every single time she says it, mm. she says she has mouth diarrhea and keeps talking and can't shut up. She's talking about Iowa. Mm. Uh, that's true. Iowa. Uh, that, that's true. That is... And then th- that that yeah. she's a she's a small town girl living in the big city mm-hmm. is... Uh, again, it's a stock character. There's so, a guy yeah. who shows up at the office... Um, I don't even think he can practice yet because he actually got his like law degree in jail. Mm. Um, and his whole thing is he's very determined. Uh, and he's played by an actor, Kobe Levi. I may mm. be pronouncing that wrong. He's also from Madam Secretary. He's also from Transparent and Alpha House. Um, and, but then there's Catherine Heigl. Mm. Catherine Heigl's her, her character... Sadie Ellis is her name. Catherine Heigl's character is... Okay, I'm not necessarily going to say she's a Mary Sue, but she gets Mary Sue dialogue. Here's here's actual <laughs> dialogue. Someone says to her face, mm-hmm. "You fight like most people breathe. It's your natural state." Oh god, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for writing that one down. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm, I, I had this one written down, and I think she said it, but I'm trying to remember. I can't even remember. I didn't write down who said it. Uh, you don't like talking about yourself, do you? Well, I'm not very interesting. And I'm like, I think Catherine Heigl said that. <laughs> well, if she said that, it would be antithetical because uh, 
in the first episode, somebody says, well, we're, we're not very interesting. And she's like, no, we, we do something very fun. People who are workaholics are the more interesting people. Uh-huh. It's like, no, I, I thought the people who are more interesting were the people who find like a balance between work and life. And, no, no, workaholics. And, and she says, no, no, workaholics. We're oh. the more interesting people, which would be antithetical to. She's self-deprecating and aggressive alternately. Yeah, basically, depending on whatever they want her to be. And yeah. that's it. Oh, here's another one I found. Here's the one that uh, Laverne Cox gets to say to her. Mm. I spent most of my free time hating you for being so good. <laughs> oh my god! Now, if if she were sort of like stern and steely and professional all the time, like she didn't have a lot of human warmth, she was so focused on the job. Then there'd be a character there. Well, there'd be a sort of a character hiding underneath there. Perhaps there'd be some some bits of humanity she would be allowed to explore and expose. But we'd get to see her. We'd respect her because she'd be so good at her job. And, but you would need somebody different than Catherine Heigl in a role like that. You need somebody who's a little more, uh, like a young Jean-Vierre Bujold in that, in that role. If, 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 I don't know why she left no. to mind, but you, you need somebody who can be cold and professional. And Catherine Heigl's character, Sadie, is not cold and professional, mm. but she's told constantly that she is. I know. That's, they're really fighting to make her something she's not. And I don't mm. think that's necessarily Catherine Heigl's wheelhouse. I think it's in the clip we just played. Mm. They were just like, yeah, show us your angry voice. Scares everyone away. Let me hear your angry voice. Her angry voice doesn't sound that angry. Yeah. I don't think that's who Catherine Heigl is. I don't think that's the persona she gives off. I think she's a little too cheerful for that. Mm. Um and that's something that maybe they could have reworked the character around, but they're clearly, the pilot episode was written for a different mm. type of personality. You know, this is something you see in a lot of TV, and it's, honestly, it might seem simplistic, but it's sort of thing you can build on later. Um, you want to have strong character traits mm. early on, so you can get a sense of who everyone is. When you start writing situations with these well, characters, str- strong have, slash broad, something that's really yeah. immediately recognizable. It doesn't have to be super broad, but you want to be no, able to but know that, it, like, enough that you can pick up on it immediately. Well, you feel like you know a character, and you feel like you, you're on board with a character when you can drop them in any situation and you know how they'd react. Mm-hmm. You, know, you look at someone like um, Niles from Frasier. <laughs> All right, he's he's very stuffy. He's mm. very erudite. He's he's very mm. proper and and he's prissy. And he's prissy. <laughs> you put him in any situation. Situation, you kind of know how put it like seriously you can picture it now if you ever watched Frasier Niles goes to a heavy metal concert you know how that episode's gonna go and it's gonna be a great episode yeah alright Catherine Heigl's character I don't know if she's supposed to be tough I don't know if she's supposed to be sweet I don't know who she mm. is over the course of doubt after two episodes and a crowded field our protagonist is kind of wishy-washy. Mm. She's doubting whether... I mean, granted, she's doubt. But, like, uh. she's doubting, you know, where she should be with this case. But the thing is, when everyone keeps telling her that she's assertive, she fights like other people breathe, she probably shouldn't be feeling this much doubt. Or if she is feeling this much doubt, there needs to be more to it. Because her relationship she, she, she with this need, guy... She needs to have a confidant that she can express her doubt to. Uh-huh. She sort um, of does. And she, she sort has... of... And, and that's what the Elliot Gould character should be. Well... The whole well, Gould character is kind of her father figure. I, I think he should be kind of her, like, father slash shrink. Like, mm. she she should be, A, played by Catherine Keener. B, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Catherine Keener should go to Elliot Gould and say, you know, oh God, I, I, I have misgivings, and the door's closed now, the blinds are drawn, I have some misgivings, Elliot Gould. And Elliot Gould will say... Stick to it, or here's a lesson for you. I would watch the out. hell out of a legal series starring Catherine Keener. <laughs> um, she does, however, uh, Sadie Ellis, Catherine Heigl's character, she does have a confidant. She has a best friend. 
Uh, Albert, played by Dulé Hill from The West Wing and Psych. Um, and they're, it's kind of nice to see that they're just positive, no sexual tension, hetero mm-hmm. friends. Yeah. He's, he's, in the first episode, he has a really high-strung girlfriend, and then they break up, because he accidentally left a dog tied to a parking meter outside a coffee shop all day. Mm-hmm. And, like, yeah, I break up with him, too. Not, not just girlfriend, it's fiance. Oh, yeah. I, I would also, <laughs> like, that's, like, a, that's a, that's a sign. Oh. Right there. It's just, like, yeah, he's not that into the responsibility for the relationship thing right now. He's, Maybe he's, this isn't. Or just his work leaves him so distracted that he almost kills a dog. That's not a, him. that's not a good thing. Yeah, you mm-hmm. probably want to. That's a that's a red flag. Maybe maybe if it's the only red flag. I was kind of hoping there'd be like like a, a, a sort of slapstick moment. It's like, oh no, I left the dog chained chain to the, the parking meter. What do I do? My girlfriend is gonna go there and she's gonna find the dog, and then the dog walks up to him and the parking meter's still tied to the dog's <laughs> neck. Somehow the dog like <laughs> anyway, that every episode that's just he my loses wish. the dog. That would be the shtick. And the dog shows up at his office. But the thing is, is that you're right. He's not her confidant though. He mm. should be. But he's actually really judgmental whenever she expresses any sort of vulnerability when she mm. talks about this uh, sort of inclination she has mm. uh, to mess with her sort of employer relationship, mm. uh, employer, whatever it is, relationship with her client. Yeah. But the biggest problem with that whole main story arc, and again, we'll talk about the individual episode stories in a second. I don't buy their passion. If you're, if you have a character who's supposed to be a really uptight, really stern, yeah, it, really it was, aggressive lawyer who follows the rules, and she's gonna like have sex with her client, she's so tempted yeah. to like be in a relationship with her client that she might risk ruining the whole case. There'd better be some sparks, <laughs> and I feel nothing. Uh, we kind of it's it's like when you watched a, a production of Twelfth Night, and you have to just sort of buy that all the characters are duped by the drag. Yeah, twelve. Like it's never convincing on stage. It's never going to convince anyone. So you just have to accept that the other characters are going to be tricked by however bad the drag is on stage. Uh, and I feel the same way about a lot of relationships in TV shows. We kind of just have to accept that they're in love. That that <laughs> whether or not they have chemistry, we just have to sort of okay, they fell in love. I think there's a difference between doubt. Ex- uh, takes great liberties with this notion uh-huh. because there's a scene where uh, she and her client like sort of have dinner and that's supposed to be the scene where they have spark and there's they none. they say that they do and there's not a lick of it there's no evidence uh, other than the fact that they're both attractive people there's nothing to really sell that these people are, are having some sort of passion for one another um yeah, uh, you, you it, it was. That, now I yeah. I understand that the point of this relationship wasn't their falling in love. Uh, it was supposed to be about their continued passion, and I imagine as the show went on, we'd be allowed to see that passion kind of grow. But it needs. But as but as you as you said, it needs. Yeah, it needs to get started a little bit more. You know, you say that, and I think there are certain things we're willing to accept as just sort of conceits. And Mm. Twelfth Night's a good example, or any uh, old stagey kind of storyline where someone has to be in drag and no one buys it. Mm. But I think that's the sort of situation in which, um, especially in an older production Mm. like The Twelfth Night. Uh, where in real life, just seeing someone just in drag pretending to be a dude, that's just not something you see every day. And you might have that sort of like, it'd be like a, in a movie where like your your 
boyfriend gets like replaced by a robot <laughs> and he says a bunch of weird stuff, you're probably your first thought in real life isn't that he's been replaced by a robot because that usually doesn't happen. So it's, there's there's a suspension of disbelief nah. that we get from that. Uh, chemistry, romantic chemistry, sexual chemistry, we see that every day. There's mm. an uncanny valley thing, I think, we have to deal with here, <laughs> where we actually know what it's supposed to look like. And if it doesn't, if it kind of looks like it, but it feels false, I find it very distracting. <laughs> let's Sorry, move on. Fair enough. Um, let's see, anyone else going on here? No. Uh, oh, and uh, the other sort of main characters, uh, there is Sadie's mom. Oh, played by uh, uh, Judith Light. Yeah, Judith Light, who, honestly, I've not... She's had a long career. She was in One Life yeah, to Live, who's yeah. the boss, Ugly Betty, Transparent. I'm not terribly familiar with her as an actor. She plays mm-hmm. Sadie's mom, who apparently took the fall for some big political mm-hmm. crime. Like uh, like a protest went bad and someone died or something like that. We never quite get all the details out of it in the two episodes that aired. Um, and she visits her in prison once, and then Elliot oh, that, Gould visits her in prison. That's where I first saw Judith Light. She was on Who's the Boss? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and yeah. reprised the role for Charmed Lives. Oh, good. We'll look into Charmed Ooh. Lives. Judith Light, mm. in like her... Th- Two, maybe three scenes in doubt runs away with the show. <laughs> she is so damned good as this woman who is, you know, she's not living a great life. She doesn't, she doesn't enjoy prison. Prison sucks. But she's made her choices mm. and she's willing to live with that. And she has regrets, but she's mad when people talk to her about them because what are we supposed to fucking do about it? <laughs> regrets, I've had a few, but she yeah. did it her way. She did. And you know what? She is really great. She has so much dignity. She brings so much genuine gravitas mm. <laughs> to a show that is light to a fault mm. because some of the episodic plots that they deal with are crap. So in the first episode, the B plot, other than mm. the murder, uh, is Laverne Cox's character is representing a man who pushed someone in front of a subway, mm. and she's playing the insanity card, which he, apparently he is. He's he's well, he, he's, he hears voices. He thinks he's he, he is, thinks he's Jackie Chan. Literally, he is he is mad, and yeah. there's no tension in in it. There's mm-hmm. there's no sort of question as to whether or not he's pretending. There's no question or not as to like is he pa- is he you know, passable? There's some is he on some sort of spectrum? The, there's some no, concern about no. She's concerned that she has to convince a jury of this. Uh-huh. And there's a subplot about you know when he's on his meds he's fine, but he's just sleepy. Mm. She wants to take him off of his meds so the so the jury can see that he's and what in, and what are the ethics? Well, and yeah. what are the ethics? That now there is an ethical question there. They address that a little bit. But again, you're right. There's no doubt in that case. <laughs> it's actually pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Uh, so and it's, it's, it's kind it's of all, a non-issue. It's also uh, the uh, the insanity on display is sitcom insanity. Like Ooh, a guy, so, yeah. I I am a sponge cake. Look, I have a banana in my nose. Like just guys who say weird stuff mm-hmm. and no, does, doesn't resemble any sort of actual mental illness. No, no there there are people who act out. In, in, there are in people who ways, act out, like, not in the way in this show. Okay. Not in, not in the way this is written. I'm not willing to say that that never happens. Okay. I'm not an expert, and I don't think you are either. <laughs> What I can say with some confidence is that it plays very broad. Mm. And 
in a subplot that they're trying to take seriously, people's lives are on the line, it doesn't really work mm. at all. Now that's the and and it turns out okay, he ends up, you know, getting the help he needs. That's the end of that episode. Mm. Second episode has a case that turned a lot of people off. When I mentioned that I was doing doubt, we were, mm. I was watching doubt for the series, someone tweeted me <laughs> and just said, I found out what the case was and I never put it back on again because it's, it's <laughs> disgusting. And it's a tricky one. And this is a case in which there is a lot of doubt. There mm. should be a lot of doubt, but it's not played that way. And this is the problem. The case is there is an ex-judge, retired. Mm. His wife has Alzheimer's disease. It's a tragedy. Mm. His kids, their kids together, mm. caught him having sex mm. with his wife. And they claim... <laughs> that it was non-consensual, because how could it be? Because she has Alzheimer's. Because she has Alzheimer's. She's not capable mm. of giving consent. Now, that is a real question. And that's... That, that's a tough question. I think I've seen that on an episode of Law & Order SVU, yeah. actually, where, you know... Where does consent lie when one of the partners is only reasonably of sound mind? Even, even or, if she's or is having, only like partly of sound even mind. Even if she's having a good day. Mm. Even if she's cogent and, mm. and clear headed for a bit, mm. she that could stop at any second. And there's and there's this there's this thing, and a, a lot of people are really uncomfortable with this this phrase with married couples that's been brought up in courtrooms before, implied consent. Uh, which they don't mm. actually bring up on the show. They don't. Which yeah. they should have because that's actually like it's a whole can of worms. Sticky legal terminology. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, how how much consent does a married man have to make love to his wife, uh, and what uh, what is her state of mind, and can she can she give consent? And mm -hmm. the children are arguing that no, she cannot. And in fact, when they caught their parents having sex it appeared as it, though she it, was it, not having it looks that. yeah it looks like she was yeah she was not having it now Catherine heigl mm. is trying this case mm. and the judge the defendant uh is a pill second guessing her he knows how all this works but the problem is that the episode focuses way more on oh isn't it hard to have you know a persnickety client mm. and not Am I doing the right thing? Because if I win this case... <laughs> seriously, if she wins the case, uh -huh. there is a troubling precedent. Like, like it may not be a good precedent. Mm. It might be. I'm not a legal expert. I'm not an ethics expert. This is a conversation that needs to be handled by people with way more worldly experience and way more legal experience than we do to come up with a proper answer for it. And I think it's fair to say that they needed different people than the makers of doubt because <laughs> they gloss over it. They make it end up saying well, they, everything they okay. Came, you can't wrap this one up in a bow. They came no up with how it ends, such it's not a necessarily gray. They came up with such a uh, an ethically gray case that uh, yeah, they weren't able to really sort of write it in uh, the light way that they're clearly going for on mm -hmm. the show. And I think yeah. The, the, it reveals the biggest one of the another one of the biggest problems with doubt is that it can't really strike the right tone. It's partly Ally McBeal, uh, where everything everybody's light and sort of chipper and kind of witty, and people are mm -hmm. tying dogs to forgetting about dogs, and it's kind of funny. And there's an office then, assistant who leaves ice cream sandwiches in your desk just because he thinks you might want a surprise. Uh, <laughs> and, and yeah, and meanwhile, we're trying to. Stage the main character as somebody who's like the steely ball buster, but she's also kind of a sweetheart, and we're not really sure where she's going with that one. And then we're looking at these legal cases, some of which are really light and silly, one, but some of which are about murder and rape. So 
where are we going with this? Yeah. What what is the show supposed to be? And I think even what mood should you be in if you want to watch Doubt? If if we're going to have a show taken away from us so quickly, we're going to need something to hang on to. We need well, something to define it this I, early in the show. I, I think you're looking at yeah. that the wrong way. I think the reason it's taken away so quickly yeah. is that there was nothing to hang on yeah, to. Yeah. So, you know, this is a problem we run into a lot. And if there's one thing you can take away from from listening to Cancel Too Soon, if you're working in the industry, if you're thinking about writing television, uh, you need to be clearly defined, especially early mm-hmm. on. You can, you yeah, can play yeah. later, but you, people need to know what your show is and why they should watch it <laughs> and who the characters are. And well, this is another I one think, where it just it's it's all over the place. I think a lot of showrunners are feeling uh, pulled in opposite directions mm-hmm. with modern TV marketplace because so many shows these days are uh, built as long form storytelling, as bingeable like essentially thirteen hour movies. Yeah. And when you're working with that format, you don't necessarily need to hook people right away because you can kind of grow and explore the characters. All you need is like an intriguing premise, one intriguing character, uh, an intriguing tone. Mm-hmm. And you can fill in the gaps later because you have enough t- time to sort of breathe and move. And I think a lot of uh, showrunners are using this new the sort of TV format, the sort of binge format, mm. to kind of find the show as they go and a lot of viewers are finding that very intriguing to let the show grow let characters grow and die and become interesting and let let the show become something more intriguing a little bit further on on the other hand there are still people who need to work within a weekly format the people who aren't going on who aren't debuting on netflix so what we have is a tv uh, we have a tv series that needs to start uh with in enough of a broad character base that we can get hooked easily on, but also enough sort of fast, heavy incident that it's competing with something that's sort of breathing a little bit more. So something like doubt is to, is neither fish nor fowl. Well, I think the thing you're, 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 you're leaving out of that argument. Uh, And you're, I I think there's a lot to what you just said. Don't Mm. get me wrong, but you can be forgiven for different sort of storytelling techniques because mm. you do you can build over time. You still have to start strong. Mm. I think you do need to grab people. It doesn't matter like, oh, well, we'll binge it. I'm not going to spend 13 hours watching something if I hated the first two. Uh-huh. You know, like, the only reason I, I sat through all of Iron Fist is because I had to review it. <laughs> like, honestly, I would have given up on that show by episode four. I've, I've heard nothing but bad things it's about Iron good. Fist. It's not good. Like, it's not the worst Re- show I've ever seen because I do this podcast, but, like, Re- it's not good. Re- remember when we kept on Im- imploring with big studios to bring back this the serialized theatrical short yeah. as a format, and we thought that Marvel would do good to do that, have like an Iron, and Iron Fist was always the example we gave, and mm. have a chapter of Iron Fist before each Avengers film, and then you can sort of complete the film thereafter, just to sort of spice up the format, give it a, a little extra flavor. And now we have an Iron Fist series... And it's and crap. I, and but I think our idea was a better idea. I think our idea was better because it would have to be, because he's an Iron Fist, it would have to be punchier. Mm. Because the serialized format, the binge format for Iron Fist, they had enough plot for maybe six episodes of Iron Fist. But they still but they had, they had 13, to fill it with yeah. 13. 
that's a huge problem. Mm. I think we're still figuring out this whole binging format because it does need to work episodically because not everyone has time to watch all 13 episodes at once. Sometimes I, you watch... I don't know. I, you ask some, ask a lot of my friends. That seems to be all they do. Sometimes is, is that's all they do. through but like it needs, 13 episodes in a day. But this is the reason why we still divide it, divvy it up with episodes is because at some point you may have to stop. You might <laughs> yeah. only... Oh, I have time for one episode of Iron Fist before work. Mm. Oh, I have time for three episodes of yeah. House of Cards. Something. They need to sort of come in like chapters, like right. a novel. Because well, there's, sometimes you do need to put down the novel. There's stops, but they're still releasing them all as a unit. And I think a lot of people see that as a challenge. <laughs> like, right. here's 13 episodes. Okay, challenge accepted. I'm going to put in the catheter and just go to it. This is the sort of thing I think uh, there was some debate, certainly I had, mm. about whether it was too early to review Doubt. Because, well, maybe they'll release the other episodes. I'd be surprised if they did. The 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 show is available on Amazon. Mm. Uh, you can, don't, don't be duped into buying the whole season. Oh my by god! The way. So, like, yeah, so, so you can buy the individual episodes on Amazon. I think the first episode's two ninety nine, mm. and then the second episode you can buy for one ninety nine or two ninety nine, yeah. depending on whether or not you want high definition. Okay, so you're in, you're in for a couple of bucks. Your curiosity got mm. you that far, or I, I, pay, of, I paid for it. I, had I paid to, for yeah. it. Well, yeah, whenever you can, you should. <laughs> uh, so I spent about four or five bucks on doubt. Mm. Happy to do it. Or instead of spending four or five bucks for the only two episodes in existence, you can spend twenty dollars for the whole season. <laughs> you know what? This it's clearly automated. <laughs> it is clearly automated. When a show gets started, they put each episode up every week, and you can just buy the whole season knowing that, you know, eventually you'll have them all. But if it's so unpopular after two episodes that they're not gonna finish it. Again, most of those episodes somebody probably needs, aren't done. Somebody needs to go through and take that feature down. Most of those episodes probably are in some unfinished state. Mm. You need to license music for all of it for a show that did, wasn't popular enough to get past two episodes. You have to finish editing them, do, you know, all keying out all the windows on their sets and everything like that. There's a lot of work mm. to get done. And I don't know if Doubt is going to be the series where they're going to spend, like, another, like, million dollars if, if just to release it on Amazon for, like, the 20 people who really wanted to know if there's whether a or not future, pediatric surgeon did it or not. If the if there's a, a future cult that sort of grows up around this show... That would be weird. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> first of all, what? Okay. Uh, Didn't see that one coming. Ha- happened with, you know, Firefly. How many episodes did that last? Like, that was, six or something? Uh, that, was about, that was a half season. That was, like, 10 or 11. Okay, well... Yeah, only, like, two-thirds of them aired, but, yeah. Okay, yeah, only, only, a only a couple aired, but... No, yeah, they, not, not a couple. Not a couple. Like, but more than half the season aired. The point is, they, they had more episodes, and they knew that they had a cult audience that was going to buy this thing on DVD, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm sure it did gangbusters on DVD. I don't know the numbers in front of me. Oh, it, uh, it did. It was huge. That's the reason why it had a movie. If <laughs> Do you think there's going to be enough of a groundswell, a Firefly-like groundswell, for doubt? No. If there is, then yes. We'll see those episodes. And then we'll do a follow-up episode of this podcast, yeah. which will review the rest. If not... The truth. <laughs> truth is, there's not. Probably not going to happen. Then we're not going to see those episodes. Okay, so the thing with- But you said you had some t- episode titles. Okay, so here's the deal. We may never see these episodes, uh, but we do have the episode titles for most of the season. These were released uh, to IMDb. Now, the first episode was just called Pilot. Mm-hmm. Just once, I want to see a pilot episode that's about a pilot. <laughs> Just once. I'm a Tailspin. It lasted too long. We can't review it on this podcast. It lasted long enough. I love Tailspin. Don't get me wrong. But tailspin. It's about a pilot. Makes sense. Second episode was called Then and Now. Mm. It's kind of generic. But some of them have really fun titles. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you okay. the title of the episode. And you're going to tell me the A plot <laughs> okay. and the B plot. All right. 
Episode three of Doubt. Poison Prize. Poison Prize. Okay. Uh, named after the B plot. Uh, a frat boy is accidentally murdered when uh, he is uh, given too much booze at a party. Mm-hmm. And he chugs a bunch of booze out of a gigantic loving cup. And he dies at a frat party. And now the frat brothers are on trial for his murder. Okay. How, how, how culpable are they? Yeah, dude, maybe only one of them did it, but there is a lot of negligence involved. Yes. What's the A-plot? Uh, Catherine Heigl's, uh has learned that the pediatric surgeon uh, has been dabbling in uh, dangerous medicines that were not approved by the FBA DA and uh, might have been poisoning some of his patients. Ooh, okay. So, two poison plots. Nice. Okay, episode four <laughs> of Doubt. Clean Burn. <laughs> That's a stupid title. <laughs> I didn't say it wasn't a stupid title, but it is real. Clean Burn. Supposedly. Anyway, oh, it's what IMDb God. has. Okay, um, hi, hang on, hang on. Uh, brainstorming, brainstorming. Clean Burn. Okay, so clean, it would have to be about um, uh, a ne- negligent uh, laundromat owner who is uh, a rude, evil bastard who hates people, who beats his wife. Nobody likes him. And uh, they have to prove whether or not he was negligent in one of his exploding machines that killed someone. Okay. Did he do that on purpose or was that just a coincidence? Is he just a bastard? And other plots, mm. uh, they just thought they were going to find a bunch of evidence that either proved... Mm-hmm. The pediatric surgeon did or did not commit the murder, but there's a mysterious fire at the warehouse. <laughs> and they can't prove where he was at the time of the fire. No, the, the, the how fire. could they? Yeah. Yes. All right, episode five. Mm-hmm. Not a word. Not a word. Oh, well, clearly we have a deaf client okay. who cannot who cannot speak. And uh, she... Uh, was witness to somebody uh, witness to a crime, but what they said in the heat of the crime is uh, important. And now uh, they have to prove that she was able to read lips well enough to, uh, to and whether or not that's admissible evidence in court. Okay. And in the uh, Catherine and, uh, Heigl plot, I'll take okay. care of the Catherine. Okay. Heigl <laughs> and in the Catherine Heigl plot, uh, the the court case. Uh, has to be delayed because Catherine Heigl accidentally saw her client naked and now she's too distracted uh, by the glories that she has seen in order to give a cogent defense so they have to ask for an emergency continuance. But she oh, can't wait. tell the judge why. She she sends him a nude pic, uh, or he, he sends her a nude picture Ooh. while she's like uh, deliberating. Oh, like, I love it. There you go. Oh, so, that's great. And she sees it's like, oh, and this is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I'd like a continuance, Your Honor. Alright, naughty, naughty. <laughs> Alright, episode six, <laughs> Faith. Oh, well, uh, we have a clergy person on trial. Okay. Uh, and it's um, hmm, something really sticky, ethical. Uh, well, um, they can't violate uh, the, the sanctity of confession. Mm-hmm. And even though uh, the client in question is may have been clearly guilty. Okay. So and, only, and they, only the priest knows for sure, but they can't violate sanctity of confession either way. Right. I like it. And, and they're pretty good. Co- constantly pre- – and I'm sure this the, mm. I, story's – surely been done a hundred times but uh yeah all right uh meanwhile uh mm. Catherine heigl is uh seriously concerned that her client uh may be seeing other lawyers perhaps <laughs> romantically perhaps not i don't know no not not perhaps romantically just she he's been courting other legal professionals i'm just saying the other lawyers should be like which another, makes like which makes him Catherine look heigl. she should look like that in fact yeah. she should be played by katie strickland perfect <laughs> i love it all right, episode seven. Mm. Where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? Um, 
oh gosh, a uh, young young couple is playing the sort of uh, I dare you to break up with me sort of games, and they're like trying to put slam the finger down on uh, the self-destruct button in their relationship to the point of them like smashing each other's cars. Mm -hmm. And now the only way to clear each other's name of any sort of legal misgivings is to forgive one another in their relationship. I like it. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, Catherine Heigl and pediatric surgeon are on a road trip. (laughs) She thinks he's going to flee the state lines, but it turns out he actually has a secret. He's got to help someone out, but he's got to do it Mm. secretly. Also, they have to spend the night at a bed and breakfast and hope no one recognizes him. Or bed and breakfast? What's better? Bed and breakfast or like really seedy, like Rockford Beach Motel? Excuse me, Rockaway Beach. I think uh, Rockford Beach. (laughs) That's that's another spinoff. That's the Rockford spinoff. Yeah. I think either way, they need to eventually ditch it and spend the night in a barn. That, well, Next to cows. no matter what happens, of course they're going to end up in a barn. Okay, apologies. You don't have to say that part. <laughs> Episode eight: yeah. Top Dog slash Underdog. Top Dog Underdog. Yeah, with a slash. In the mm. uh, canine cops uh, oh, dog God. eats eats a uh, uh, fleeing criminal. How culpable is the trainer of said dog? Got it. Okay. Mm. Meanwhile, and it, and it turns out uh, uh, his, his uh, cologne had been spiked by a mob boss to have meat flavoring in it. I love it. That, that's a story I ripped off from one of my favorite shows that we oh, can't God. track down for this show. Likely suspects. Oh man, we'll, they, we'll get there eventually. One of the murders was somebody's perfume was spiked with meat flavor, which caused dogs to eat her alive. Wow. The murders on that show were great. I'm looking for likely suspects. <laughs> I cannot find it. If you know where we can find le- the complete series of likely suspects, yeah, all, please let all us know. six episodes or whatever right. last. Uh, meanwhile, mm. Catherine Heigl thinks she's found a break in the case, but she discovers that the prosecuting attorney went to the same junior high as her client. And maybe uh, there's a conflict of interest. I, I would think, oh, you know what? I actually would say the A story would be if it's called top dog underdog, uh, uh, where we get to meet her, uh, sc- like her law school rival. Ooh, there you go. Yeah, like like the the one who's just as good as she is, and they they always butted like they used to be friends, and then they butted heads, and they came okay. to blows over a sensitive case. Got it. All right, mm. episode nine: to see, to tell, to see, to tell. Mm. Hmm. You can do it. Um, Don't think too hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, down. yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you can't in a case like this. Uh, to see, to tell. Um, we have a young child who witnessed a murder. I knew you were going to go there. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were going to go. Yeah, so a 6-year-old girl has has witnessed a crime. She doesn't quite understand what they what she saw though, and they have to get the truth out of her in in sort of the gentlest way they possibly can. Got it. Meanwhile, uh the ditzy secretary/executive assistant/whatever her job description is at the office mm. has seen Catherine Heigl and pediatric surgeon making out. And oh, she, now she's involved in the secret. She's involved in the secret but she cannot keep it and she's got to blab to somebody and at the end of the episode it ends up accidentally she didn't mean to. Mm. She ends up telling a tabloid reporter Oh, I, I thought you were going to say. I thought you were going to say she filmed it and accidentally projected it on the wall of the of the, the law firm. That might be a bit of a stretch. Say. All right, episode ten. Finally. <laughs> well, this is this is the the last episode. Yeah? No, there's four episodes. It goes oh, to thirteen geez. episodes. Finally, assisted suicide episode. Jesus. Yeah. Nah, I guess that's in keeping with what we've seen so far. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, there, there's there's a. Uh, um, an elderly couple love each other very much. Uh, one of them asks the other to uh, to kill them, and 
what are the ethics of that? That's happened a lot on legal shows. <laughs> Meanwhile, Catherine Heigl... Whose life is in anyway, et cetera, et cetera. Meanwhile, pediatric surgeon and Catherine Heigl finally have sex, and it's not great. That would be great. <laughs> if, I, I remember reading a, a re- it's actually not a very good a comic strip uh, about uh, gay men in uh, San Francisco, and there was all of this tension between the main character and his new boyfriend because they both of them felt they always rushed into sex and that ruined their relationship, so they wanted to hold out a little bit. And by the time they finally did have sex, it turned out that the boyfriend character had a really, really, really small penis, <laughs> and, and, that, and that became this big point of drama. <laughs> there you go. All right, episode 11. I'm in if you are. Oh, God. <laughs> this, this, this is the one where uh, Elliot Gould calls in on sort of his celebrity buddies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we have elderly gamblers. <laughs> <laughs> and they're losing their edge. They've been running a racket, but they're losing oh their God. edge. But they're all really funny, and they're all like Al- they're all Alan Arkin types. Oh, my God. Especially yeah. guest star Alan Arkin. Yeah. Sure, I why mean, not? Of course, yeah. why not? Uh, Meanwhile, it turns out Catherine Heigl's mom has key evidence in the case because she's bunking with someone who was a witness. That's dumb, but perfect for the show. There you go. (laughs) Episode 12, second to last episode, running out of time. Okay, well, this is the first part of the last two-part episode. Certainly. So, running out of time. Um so is, is the B plot also a two parter, or do we get because the I think the, B the last plot, episode would have to all be A plot. I, th- I think so. I think what's mm. got to be. I think there's, the A plot has now been divided into two things. Okay. I think by this point, uh, it's got to be the B plot links to the A plot. Well, I think now. the B yeah. plot is Catherine Heigl's mom, and maybe mm. she can actually parlay uh-huh. this information she has about the murder into herself getting released. Mm. So Elliot Gould is trying to get her out of jail while Catherine Heigl is trying to protect there you go. her that's, client. That's a good idea. Yeah. But potentially, <laughs> in order to get her client off for murder, she may have to stab her mom in the back. There you go. She, there you she go. has to reveal evidence she has, like, in a box somewhere about her mom that would lengthen her prison sentence in order to get her boyfriend off. And at the end of the episode, because we have to get it out of the way, we can't do it in the middle of uh, the end of this episode, uh-huh. we find out whether or not pediatric surgeon did it. Whitney. Yes. Did he do it? Uh, no. Oh, man. But... Uh, Catherine Heiger, Heigl was so convinced that he did, and mm. she uh, she decides to drop him as a client, that uh, uh, she, she violates his trust so grievously and so openly mm. and kind of ruins his reputation in doing so that uh, he's just gone. She, she's kind of a monster now, and okay. she feels terrible about it. All right, last episode. Mm. Episode 113. <laughs> this one doesn't have a name. No. <laughs> so it's, all it's just on 113. You. Yeah, so you come up with a name, I'll come up with the rest. Uh, it, it's about, uh... No, just the title. Come up with the title. Oh, the title. Um... What's the title of this episode? <laughs> What's the cliffhanger? Endgame. Endgame! Okay. Course, no, I, I now, don't... No, this is the second... No, Endgame. Endgame. This is the second part of the episode. Uh-huh. But th- this episode is all told in flashback as Catherine Heigl is ha- playing chess with Elliot Gould. And each move they make represents oh, a move they made God. towards the end of their cases. Oh, God. Now... Oh, well, if it only lasted one season... Then this is the flash forward episode, not just to the end of the case, but to the end of the series. Okay. And Catherine Heigl is now a decade older. Oh God! <laughs> and she's visiting Elliot Gould's grave. Oh my God! And having a conversation with the grave. She's in bad old age makeup. Laverne Cox is there now. She's in charge of of the law firm. I like that. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, the 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 young hayseed murdered. <laughs> murdered by a client she thought was innocent. Oh my god. Yeah. yeah. Very dramatic. Absolutely. (laughs) Love it. Got a flash and and we go back and we 
we're, those re- details are just revealed incidentally. Mm-hmm. And we think back to the first days of the first case. And we learn some new things. And we take some like old footage, we cut in some new footage, and find a new perspective on the case. And we, she gets to appreciate just how wrong she was. But turns out he did it after all. There you that go. Last line. The last line. I have doubts. <laughs> there you go. Because she's Sigourney Weaver's character from that crappy film Red Lights. Well, I was just gonna say she's Meryl Streep from Doubt. Oh well, there you go. Yeah. Um, so that's doubt. That's doubt. <laughs> was doubt okay. canceled too soon? Uh, theme, they... theme song. Da 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 da. Was it canceled too soon? Uh, but we should get a song for that part. <laughs> we should get a song for that part. You're in uh, charge of that. Was it canceled too soon? No. Yeah. I, I don't. This one was not very good. I, I appreciate its ambition, and sure. when it was light, I liked it. I actually liked the sort of uh, freewheeling, silly Ally McBeal parts of the show. I like some supporting cast. I think Laverne Cox, when it, she had a scene with someone to work with, there's a bit where her and another lawyer are just like walking down the street, and she's talking about why she really wants to make sure that her young client doesn't screw up his whole life because life didn't get good for her mm. until she was like in her mid 20s and mm. she transitioned and mm. um she was great yeah. when she had material to work with she was great when she didn't she it was death and i felt so bad for her yeah. as an actor well, i felt um, like they didn't they didn't they cast Laverne Cox they made the character trans and they they probably thought oh well that's enough that makes her interesting it's like no who else is this person you know there's yeah, there's got to be something else like what interests does this person have what is she good and bad at yeah, you know the pilot episode is basically we're just going to coast yeah. on this one thing and then the second episode she got more to work with mm. and it was much more interesting as a character but yeah we needed we needed more of her mm. honestly she should have been the main character not to make it like <laughs> sensational uh-huh. because it shouldn't be that that's that's not no, very progressive I, no, I, I just I would like to have seen her take the forefront i think it should have been more ensemble based because mm. there was the a plot and the b plot and never the twain shall meet you know sometimes they didn't interact and i, I feel like there should have been uh, the notion I, i'm very fond of shows where teams all work together uh-huh. and i like you know it, it, Ensemble episodes that don't necessarily focus on single characters dramas where well, it focuses yeah, on a, a common problem that they all have to use their skills to work together to solve. And I think Doubt needed to start with that, needed to have well, all of the characters working on something similar, but in different avenues. Well, I and think they needed more. It, that would have revealed more about the characters. It would have had stronger stories and would have made for a stronger show. Again, if you're going to call your show Doubt, Doubt needs to play factor into your stories mm. a hell of a lot more than it actually did. We were joking before we started this that Doubt and Guilt should have switched. <laughs> Switch titles, titles, yeah. Because it works better either way. Mm. Guilt is more about, it doesn't, we, you're a client, we don't care if you did it or not, we're just trying to make sure you're found not guilty. Mm. And Guilt was about everyone doubting whether or not everyone was involved in this murder. Yeah, it really yeah. would have really made more sense. Titles. It really should have made, would have made more sense. Mm. I don't think that would have saved either show. Mm. But I think it would have it would have applied more because yeah I think the show if it was going to be an ensemble base I do think it needed to have like a figurehead and maybe mm. it should have been more about Elliot Gould's character and how his team of young lawyers looks up to him but maybe they doubt whether or not they can trust him or he, anymore maybe he's a master manipulator and they don't know if he's like doing the right thing anymore in all of his cases or if it's if it's from his perspective he's not as good as everybody says he is. He's having Ooh. a crisis of conscience. Well, I kind of like that. And everybody, to everybody, rely on his young And everybody staff. comes to him asking for advice, and he's never sure if he's giving good advice. That sounds more like a comedy, but that actually sounds like a pretty funny show. Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd watch that. That's pretty good. With Elliot Gould. Yeah. He, 
He can do that character gangbuster style. Hollywood, if you're listening, make that show and name the th- name the main two characters after me and Whitney. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, so doubt. Yeah, it, it Sorry, gave, it's not very good. <laughs> it gave us better ideas than the show seemed to have. Uh, well, of, that's, of course, that's perhaps a little debatable. Because <laughs> our ideas were great. <laughs> You're so awesome. The ones we thought up in two seconds were fantastic. So fantastic. Oh, my God. We're idea men. Hire us, Hollywood. Yeah, so that was, um, that was a, uh, I was kind of hoping it would be worse, honestly. Just after two episodes, it yeah. failed. You think it's going to be just a train wreck. Mm. And it's just didn't come together. Just mm. a show that didn't have its identity in check. It, it, it wasn't figure out what you are. It wasn't something. Yeah, I, I, I was waiting for like the bomb to drop, like something really offensive would be said, or like yeah. one of the cases well, would be just outright well, horrible. Well, that second case is is a little gross, and I think if you're expecting well, something, I think if you're expecting something with that lighthearted uh, Ali McBeal tone, it's uh, really heavy. That's true. You mm. can't watch that one with the kids. Like mm. that's like, uh, God, I don't want to have this conversation right now, even in my own head. Mm. Like it's, it might not be what you're in the mood for. <laughs> yeah. That's the problem with it. Um, so uh, do we have any? Do we have any new letters? No, I, let, I, think, let, I think most of our letters lately have been about. Uh, well, we uh, we caught up on letters yeah. last episode. We had some so letters me... regarding uh, our, our again mm-hmm. some Patreon suggestions. We've taken them into account. Thank you. Uh, and we've had some people send in already uh, their votes mm-hmm. uh, for their three favorite episodes. Again, ranked one through three. Uh, of the show so far and again those votes will be tabulated and we'll announce the winner uh, Mm -hmm. at the end of April and one person who submits their votes will be selected to pick a future episode of Mm -hmm. Cancelled Too Soon so make sure you vote and again Mm -hmm. only one vote per email Uh, here's a letter uh, from Anthony it says hey Bibbs and Whitney I love your work on Cancelled Too Soon and I look forward to a new episode and if I can't get my fix I love a good binge on a Friday and slam a couple of your episodes slam some of your episodes back if I'm either painting or on FIFA Mm. I hope we have a painter. Okay. And someone uh, who likes FIFA. Uh, your reviews and commentary is fantastic, and it's great to go down the rabbit hole and discover some of the shows you discussed on the episode, i.e. The 100 Lies of Blackjack Savage, <sighs> taking me back to my childhood with Sam and Max and Crash Test Dummies. Yay! Crash Test Dummies the, is like our least incredible. popular episode. Like, the, it has the fewest downloads for some reason. The Incredible Crash Dummies was one we threw off in an episode at my, my behest, and... Uh, it's I'm, fine. I'm, I'm glad happy we did it. I'm glad we did. I know. Just uh, people. I don't think people remember <clears throat> it very well. I think that's the problem. Uh, yeah, that's true. I'm writing because I have a question regarding a show that Cartoon Network created called Out of Jimmy's Brain, an infamous show and its pilot movie reanimated. My question is, the show's pilot was a made-for-TV movie clocking in at 83 minutes, so does it count? And if it does count, could I send you the DVD from Amazon and the rest of the episodes are on YouTube, as there are only four others lost after the con- Cartoon Network wanted the show to be dead and buried as the reception was unique animus hatred and seeing the final episode and sporadic episodes um, when it was on back in 2008 on tv2 in new zealand okay. it's easy to understand why it sucks and boy does it suck um i it, see that i see the i see a tv movie as a pilot well that's it, my that's it my take depends because often a tv movie will air uh because it was made as a pilot and it, they decided not to make turn it into a series uh-huh. so they air it under the guise of it being a tv movie mm-hmm. Um, but if the pilot is however, constructed as a TV movie, but then there are a few episodes, I still consider that the first season, That's right? the that's, that's the first episode of the show. Yeah, so I uh, think it's fine. If it's a TV movie that was never intended to go to series, and there are a lot of those, sure. Lifetime original movies, mm-hmm. a lot of lot of TV movies from the well, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Or even if you think about that, it in terms of like movies that became shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and yeah. which the television series is, the continuity is a little wonky, but it's ostensibly a sequel to the movie. It, it's a t- that doesn't count it's, it's it's a t- TV version of the movie. The movie is its own entity. Uh, yeah. It doesn't rely on the TV show. The TV show doesn't rely on the movie. It's a remake. It's a remake. Um, 
But yeah, uh, I think that counts because it was intended as a pilot, but that's all they had, so that's all they aired. Um, yeah. We'd, if if uh, the, the available episodes are on YouTube, then we'd watch those too. Oh, that, absolutely, that would be we watch, series, we watch yeah. everything we could, provided yeah. it's not so much material mm. or it got yeah. renewed in some way. Mm. Yeah, so that'd be fine. <laughs> so out of Jimmy's brain. I'm ready yeah, to, need to Or out of Jimmy's head, what was it? I don't know. It's out of Jimmy's out, out of Jimmy's cranial something or other. Okay. <laughs> out of Jimmy's head. Out of Jimmy's head. Okay. Anything else? We have a lot of entries in the poll, and I don't want to read those just yet. No, no, no. We don't want to ruin that. All right. Yeah, I think that's it for now. think that's it for now. Everything else is all Yeah, these are all part of the poll. We're taking Patreon suggestions, and we want to do three episodes. Here's another letter. This one comes from Adam. Okay. Dear William and Whitney, I've been a listener of both of your podcasts. For not long, I loved every appearance of the Beast on on the Schmodown. Growl, growl. For his oozing charisma. <laughs> oozing is about right. Uh, yeah, I was about to say oozing is the perfect word because <laughs> it is viscous and it gets on your clothes. Thanks, uh, You're quite welcome. So I wanted more of him. Oh. Wanted more of your oozing charisma. <laughs> Since I face a 100 mile commute to work, dear God, good Lord, I hope you have a private jet for your sake. Jeez. I've been listening to you guys quite much and enjoying immensely what you do. Suffice to say, I listened through all Cancel Too Soon episodes in just two weeks. Oh, well, we need to catch up just to, to fill you your commute. Pick up the pace, Whitney. Because of my European background, I wanted to comment on the Bucky O'Hare and the Toad Wars episode in which Ooh. Whitney mentioned uh, watching TMNT in Russia and how it was done in Russian. The thing is, every European country adapts movies and TV series to their language a bit differently. For example, in Sweden, foreign series and movies always come with Swedish subtitles, while cartoons are professionally dubbed. I remember watching The Adventures of the Gummy Bears in Norway, <laughs> and they use subtitles exclusively. On the other hand, in Germany, they dub everything. This I knew. Because mm-hmm. I've, been, I've been to Germany. Uh, both in cinema and TV. Star Wars, Friends, The Simpsons, South Park, I watched them all in full German. You can easily find some short clips on YouTube if you're interested in hearing how it's done. Mm-hmm. When it comes to Middle and Eastern Europe, it gets tricky. In Poland, in cinemas, they use full dubbing for animation and movies for children, while adult content comes with, with Polish subtitles. Makes sense. Uh, in TV, cartoons are still dubbed, but everything else, uh, original voices are tuned down, and this usually one deep, usually male voice reads all the lines, uh, which is how they do it in Russia. Yeah. Uh, like Russian movies, there's one actor reading all the dialogue, and you can still hear the English dialogue underneath. Uh, he's called the lector, L-E-K-T-O-R, or, or the reader. There's a thriller in there somewhere. Oh, I love it. Yeah, um, well, I have a lector. Lector. Uh, interestingly enough, in Russia, in uh, Russian cinemas show exclusively fully dubbed content, but in TV, hell, it all depends on how much money a particular channel has to spend. Sometimes you also get fully dubbed series. Sometimes original voices are turned down, but only slightly, and several voices read the lines. Usually it's one female for all the ladies and one for all the male, all the gents. But, uh, for example, there's a version of House, uh, the TV series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, Good show. Uh, yeah. Where you can get a third voice dedicated exclusively to House. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what top billing gets you, I guess. I uh, hope you found that somewhat interesting. I actually use movies and series professionally as a foreign languages, uh, foreign language, as a foreign languages teacher in college. Oh, yeah. Uh, a very useful tool. Cheers and all the best. Adam Nowakowski. Uh, P.S. Using this opportunity, I would also like to request a cancel too soon. Okay, uh, what do you got? Show I remember very well from my teen years. My vote goes to Mortal Kombat colon Conquest. Ah, we're aware of it. It's a long one, 22 episodes, 43 minutes. It's an hour-long show, Mortal Kombat Conquest. Oh, yeah. 
It was like it was like a it was like a Hercules adventure series. Jesus, yeah. uh, hell, that cliffhanger at the end is one of the best. I caught like uh, one we'll, episode of that once. And I we'll write that okay. one down too. Yeah, it's on the list. Mm-hmm. It's on the list. Again, the list is quite mm-hmm. long, but mm-hmm. if you if enough people request it, it goes up to the top. Uh, this one comes from Topher the Elder. Okay, because we have uh, Topher and his son, both named Topher, right okay. in. Okay. I know he sent uh, in uh, uh, some votes, mm-hmm. so make sure it's not like yeah. one of his votes. Okay, uh, dear Bims and Whitney. Uh, what is it with, quote, settlement shows that can't survive a second season? Shows about settlers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Outcasts on BBC, Terra Nova, and yes, Earth 2, which uh, was right here next we to me. We will be reviewing that uh, for Earth 2 days. <laughs> and yet, like a sucker, I watch them every time. <laughs> I watched Earth 2 as it was broadcast. That was like mid-90s. And I was completely invested. I love the characters, the stories, the technology. The VR comms were super interesting to me. Okay. I love the native species and their ability to fold into the ground. Fun. We're going to have some fun sci-fi stuff. But best of all, there was Tim Kirk. Yes. Uh, 20 plus years later, and I can still hear the echoes of Here Poppet. Or can, can you do a good Tim Curry? Well, I haven't seen the show yet, so I'm going to do it. Here Poppet. Here Poppet. And it still creeps me out to provide the It's Okay, so. Uh, yeah, Earth 2 had a lot of big fans. I, we, we ran away with that poll. Mm. Like, people must have remembered it or dug mm. it or just thought it sounded the best out of mm. the options we gave them, I guess. When it comes to settlement shows. I don't know. Maybe people think it's sort of limited possibilities. I think mm. um, there's a retro cowboy quality, and those shows don't always do well. Firefly was seen as a western in space mm. with that sort of settlement aspect to it, and that, and that doesn't necessarily play well to a large audience nowadays. I, I think it only appeals to a certain type of sci-fi nerd, mm. like people who are really interested in the sort of speculative biology of what settling a, an alien planet might be like. And I think that's a little perhaps too... Uh, Maybe cerebral well, is the word for a lot of mainstream audiences because a lot of people get off on that kind of speculation. Yeah. I certainly do. The show I recommend <laughs> if you haven't watched mm. it yet, Topher the Elder, uh, although maybe you have, I don't know, uh, mm. is a show called The 100, which I had no expectations for. I threw it on on a lark. Mm. I saw the first two seasons. I haven't seen the third yet. It's really good. Like, it's really clever. And it is about repopulating the Earth many years after uh, the nuclear war. A lot of people survived on, like, a Mm -hmm. space station. But now the space station is no longer going to be inhabitable soon. So they send a bunch of teenagers down to see if the Earth is not quite radioactive enough. (laughs) If they die, okay, well, fuck it. And if they live, okay, we get to come down, too. But it turns out a lot of other things survived. Mm -hmm. Been, like, you know, some crazy-ass mutations or whatever, and it's cool. Mm-hmm. And they do a lot, like, a fun cast of characters, a lot of interesting moral what, what, conflicts. It's a good show. What After Earth, perhaps, should have been. Basically, it's a good uh, show, though. I really dug it. Topher okay. the Elder also says, uh, I would definitely be supportive of your Patreon efforts. Oh, thank you. Oh, well, thank you. My one suggestion for a high-level subscription, and uh, I... If you like Topher's idea, let us know. Yeah. Uh, would be to randomly choose one of the higher level subscribers each month for a 15 to 20 minute Skype call <laughs> with one or both of you. You could weigh it so uh, the the longer you are a higher level subscriber, the more chances you win to uh, have a chance to win a monthly drawing. I think one of the things that we're thinking about doing for Patreon, uh, and again, we're talking about a lot of different uh, uh, mm-hmm. prizes, uh, would be sort of a semi-regular, maybe a Google Hangout. Mm-hmm. That would be for maybe not the lowest tier, but you know you wouldn't have to spend too much for it. Mm-hmm. And it would be with me, with Whitney, if we have a guest, maybe a guest, and schedule permitting, Sergio. <laughs> he's, he's very busy. He's a busy guy. He's a very very busy mm-hmm. guy. All right, and are we good? Uh, this this one I have to read because I think it's junk email. Uh, the uh, the subject line is uh, hashtag contract. Go on, <laughs> and it is one sentence, all in capital letters with no punctuation. 
I will love to show you. I <clears throat> let me try again. I will love to show a great deal that you will like. Then they quote that same text and send it to us twice. Is there a show called Contract? Maybe it's like a, a maybe. I I will love to show a great deal that you will like. Okay, we we might have uh, uh, some trouble reading your email here. If you want to send it again, maybe clarify a bit. If there's a show you're trying to recommend, uh, and, to and us, it's let and us it's us all know. in capital letters. That let sentence. us know. Well, it might be very dramatic reading. Right. And, and reading that's... it really impressively. <laughs> and that's it. That's it for Cancel Too Soon. Everybody, thank you for listening to Cancel Too Soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll be back. We have two episodes coming up that are themed. To one of our favorite shows ever, mm-hmm. uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is coming to Netflix on April 14th, and uh, for two weeks in a row, we're going to do shows that relate in one way or another to Mystery Science Theater 3000, and this coming week, mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be a fun one, we're going to be reviewing The Master. Which, if you are a fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000... Was the subject of two episodes of is, Mystery Science Theater 3000. Is, is uh, two movies called Master Ninja. Yes. With the inimitable... Lee Van Cleef. Now you want to talk about Iron Fist and whitewashing and like white dudes becoming the mm. ultimate martial arts master. Here's like 58 year old Lee Van Cleef from The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. And just every time he puts on a hood, they just yeah. replace him with an actor who can actually do stunts. Uh-huh. And he just runs around solving mysteries so, in America, saving Demi Moore from evil redneck sheriffs. Yeah. The Master Ninja movies that you saw on Mystery Science Theater were repurposed TV episodes yeah. of this TV show. And not even uh, two-part episodes. Just no, two just episodes two random episodes. Together. And uh, yeah, they were edited together and they were meant to resemble a film. They don't, which is why they're on Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. But uh, what was that show like? Yeah. We're going to watch There's it and we're going to tell you. There's a whole episodes that MST3K didn't cover. We're going to tell you all about it. Mm. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. The week after that, we'll do another MST3K show, but we're not going to tell you which one it is yet. You'll be surprised. <laughs> so, uh, again, uh, email us, bmoviespodcast at gmail.com. Patreon suggestions, your three favorite episodes so far. Don't forget to rank them. And if you send us in those votes, you'll get your name put in a hat and you get to pick a future episode if we pick your name. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're also on Twitter at CancelledCast. Again, it's canceled with one L. Mm-hmm. We're on Facebook.com slash canceled too soon. Please subscribe on iTunes. Please leave us a review. If you're listening to us on Stitcher, please review us on Stitcher. We're new to that. And I don't think we really have any or many reviews yet. And so any little help you could give would yeah. be totally awesome. Also, we're on Stitcher. That's really cool. I think it's fun. All, all the cool kids are on Stitcher. All the coolest mm-hmm. of the children. That's <laughs> us now. Um, uh, and I'm at William Bibiani um, on Twitter. Um, I'm at Whitney Seibold. If you're following us on Twitter, you know what we're working on because we bitch about it oh, <laughs> kind of yeah. en- endlessly. So you probably have, a, uh, have some idea of what future episodes Yeah. So if, if you want to see a picture of uh, uh, Jerry Van Dyke's face screaming like Edvard Munch's painting... If you want to see he, a picture, is, that is a great representation of the anguish we are suffering. If you want right to see now. a picture of Richard Keel from the James Bond movies fight a car and lose, <laughs> you can follow my Twitter account. There's some fun stuff going on here. Uh-huh. Um, but that is it for Cancel Too Soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with The Master. Uh, and that's a wrap, folks. We'll see you next season. <laughs>